Welcome to Cult Hackers, everybody. My name is Stephen Mather. I'm an organizational psychologist these days, but I was raised in a high control group or cult. In fact, the same one as our guest today. Um, so our guest today is very special. We're talking to Jan Frode Nielsen. So, hi o velkommen, Jan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's the well done saying it that way. Welcome. Oh, thank you. So it's great to have you on. Um, I, I've been following um, what you've been doing, at least um, from a distance. And um, I think a lot of our listeners will know that you've been involved in a court case in Norway, your country, um, really bringing attention to the shunning policy of Jehovah's Witnesses, the mandated shunning policy. Um, so we're going to talk about that, where you're up to. You're also obviously an ex-member. Um, so we want to talk a little bit about your story and why you ended up becoming um, an activist. And, and also, you're now a politician, so I'm really interested yeah. in that journey as well. So loads to talk about. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll crack on. Um, so do you want to just tell us a little bit about your background then as a former Jehovah's Witness? Um, were you raising it? Were you converted? What, what's your story? Yeah, I'm kind of the usual suspect, the <laughs> born and raised uh, with my family, Jehovah's Witnesses. We were just, uh, what do you call it, a nuclear family that mm-hmm. was uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. But my parents and my siblings, we grew up uh, in a normal Jehovah's Witness way, uh, just with the congregations and uh, everything that goes with it. It wasn't, it wasn't very bad but it wasn't very good either i don't have these extreme stories either way sure. i was just one of one one of the crowds the regular like like most great, of great crowd, like most of right? you <laughs> yeah the great crowd <laughs> so uh, but my dad was an elder eventually mm-hmm. my sister was a pioneer for many years so they were quite good jws i was I wasn't bad, but I wasn't good either, you know. I was mm. just in the middle of it, so I never really, I never got any privileges as uh, when uh, when I grew up. I did all the talks and stuff, but I I never yeah. made it up the ranks. I kind of mm. always felt something was wrong, and and then I got kind of mental health issues and I kind of slipped under the radar when I got kids I just I got three kids kind of uh, Mm -hmm. slow and steady during five years and when they were born then I was just in the back with them and went to a few I I always went to meetings kind of but Mm -hmm. when it was assemblies I just walked around with my kids and yeah, so, keeping your kids quiet is always yeah. Fun, it was it? it was mm. what it is, and but mm. uh, it kind of bugged me. I, I kind <laughs> of I felt something was wrong, and I felt that I didn't belong there. But I didn't really, I didn't really do anything about it until. So I did was... you believe it, Jan? Did you did you believe the doctrines? <laughs> it's hard. It's when I look back, it's kind of hard to 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 answer that question because when you grew up in an environment mm. like that this this is the only reality you know mm. so so you just you just deal with it you don't really for me it wasn't really a question of believing or not it was more about behaving and fitting in and uh, staying in line uh, i don't really think it matters <laughs> 
<laughs> it didn't really matter to anyone if I believed it or not. It was just about. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had some years in my youth when I believed it. When I was like sixteen, mm. I got baptized when I was seventeen, and for a few years I was a good boy. I was uh, what you call it auxiliary pioneer a few times, mm-hmm. and I and we were uh, kind of a, a good. Uh, little crowd in my congregation mostly boys who tried to mm-hmm. act good and go in service and do our best so for a few years between like 17 and 19 maybe up to 20 i kind of believed it's pretty good right yeah and i was uh, i was a good speaker and uh, i was kind of good in field service too i had lots of mm-hmm. resources but so in a way, I, I had a few years where I was, but mm-hmm. but then it's for me. I just I just hit the wall running, kind of at age. I think I just hit the wall when I was twenty twenty one, and I okay. never really recovered from it mentally. And uh, right. but I still stayed in for another fourteen fifteen years before I got out. Wow, what what would you put that down to? Why why did you stay so long? I did the same. Yeah, um, I'm just wondering why you did it. No, no it, it come it, it it comes down to the price you have to pay, both right. uh, physically with the the shunning and all, but also the mentally, because you're so you're so. It is. It's. It's not. I talked about this in court when I was a witness last time. That it's not just a religion. It's an. It's an identity. And 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 you got patriotism, and it's it's like it's like when you you're a football supporter, they can relate, and you, and you you know your team is crap, <laughs> you know they're crap, and and you go down maybe two divisions, but you can't really change teams mm. either because you mm. belong to it. Yeah, it's yeah. your team, so so to, to yep. change to, to give up on your on your football team, I think some people will might relate to that. To, to, to oh, really certainly. admit that uh, that the, the football team you, you belong to is crap and and go and start start uh, rooting for another team it's it's hard so it's so you just impossible mm. yeah it is and and for me it was just and then I got married and and I had the kind of good life it was okay uh, I got married and I got jobs and we moved around a little we. We moved to Trondheim, a big city, and we, we kind of lived okay life. So why, why, even mm. if the, the the voice back in the head tells me something wrong, why, why pay the price? Mm. So, so you just, yeah. it's okay, and then the years go. But for me, getting children was kind of that started something for me to because mm. I got three children and they started growing up, and I just. I knew that I didn't want them to. This was I didn't want them to grow up in this and mm. grow up like I did. I, I always knew from the second I got my first uh, daughter that. So that that's I, really interesting, Jan. Um, our listeners will know that is kind of my story too. That that yeah. is the catalyst that brought me out. Um, tell me a bit more about that. What what is it that made you realize you really didn't want to raise them as? As Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, it's just the feeling because you love your children so much and you yeah. want the best for them, and then you know that the best for them is not the life I live. 
and the life I lived and all the opportunities I lost. And and I also never could bring myself to teach them stuff that I knew was wrong. <laughs> I didn't want them to read my book of Bible stories. I didn't <laughs> I didn't want my small children to to yeah. to look at those pictures. I always knew something was wrong. And I I was sitting in meetings and I why are my children here? Why do I have to mm. keep them silent for this? It's mm. nothing. I got I got at some point I had a boy age one on one side and I had a boy age two and a half on the other side and they didn't they just were like this, like like children should be. And yeah. And uh, but so why would I do this? So it really bugged me for years, but mm. um yeah. Still, at this time, I I wasn't strong enough to 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 really do something about it. I was just I, I was really mentally damaged and low. Okay. I was really depressed for for those years. I, I I really struggled, so I kind of just sure went in my my own shell uh, to just to to make it going. So I never at this point those years I didn't have the power to to do the things that I did later so so you you're in this sort of state where you you know you're not happy you know that you don't you don't really want to bring your children up with this this belief system how long then before you you decide um that you're going to well how did you make the break uh, what, what happened I, I, I... <laughs> becomes kind of personal but uh, sure. and, and there's this there's another part here that uh, has her own story but but what can i, I can sure. say is that uh, for very good reasons my marriage broke down uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't my choice but uh, when it happened um, it happened like it happened and and also the things that happened in the congregation when this happened uh, to my wife who i always will care about and we're still Mm -hmm. friends but what happened with her and the way it happened the 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 jehovah's witness system doesn't really work in life crisis you know (laughs) when people are really struggling and have their crisis of their life going to the elders don't really do anything better so so as 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 her husband i had to be a part of that and what i saw was so the last time I ever went inside the Kingdom Hall was during that process. And I just told her that I'm, I'll never go back there. I'm done. This is this is the last time I was in the Kingdom Hall. Uh, so that was kind of my get out of jail card. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I, in this period of life, I was really, I was really struggling. Really, I, I was mentally really, really sick. So I was in the system. I, I did two years of heavy therapy, and I stayed. Uh, I did something called shema therapy, shim shim therapy, uh, okay. with groups and directly with uh, my psychiat- psycho- psychiatrists. And I spent almost a month in a hospital at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, all of this made me. It just I just hit bottom, and then, then I started slowly over a few years then started rebuilding my life and my my mental state so and and i had very good people around me i got i was lucky and i got uh, lots of professional help so that was the bottom and then i started my my travel 
uh, from there. Okay, so do you want to tell us, um, Jan? Thank you for that. That's um, that's really interesting and important as a bit of background. So, um, your leaving journey. How would you sort of describe that then? So, um, at some point, your um, your uh, a former Jehovah's Witness. So obviously something's happened. So how, tell us about that bit. What, what? How do you end up leaving essentially? No, oh, I did uh, first. I did uh, the fading kind of. Okay. Uh, yeah. But in a hard way, I never went inside the Kingdom Hall again. But mm-hmm. but I kind of I didn't I didn't do anything crazy. I talked to the elders respectfully and told them. Mm-hmm. But they kind of I, I kind of blamed it on my mental health and on the mm-hmm. on the family breakdown and everything. And and they knew I was sick, so they kind of let me be. So so mm-hmm. for the first few years, I was just. I just pulled back, faded, went inactive, and then, uh, but I, I stayed silent. Or I started what I did from there. I started my my online research and starting started to meet other people and build up um, groups on internet. But uh, that was anonymously for the first years. So I right. just I just spent a lot of time studying and reading and watching youtubes and right. just to, just to clear my head and figure out what <laughs> what is this mm. it was like yeah, the matrix yeah. moment when when i just <laughs> i just what is this crazy world i never yeah. knew existed mm-hmm. but also yeah. you have to learn it's like being a refugee in a different country you know you probably yes. know, but so you have to start figure out everything. You have mm-hmm. to learn a new language. You have to figure out a new culture. You have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a mo- for a while, I knew uh, apart outside of my own children, I I didn't have I didn't have one relationship to any human being mm-hmm. for maybe a year. I traveled alone, uh, and when I traveled abroad, there was nobody who knew I was gone because I had no one to tell. So I just traveled. I, I bought an airplane ticket and I flew to some country and I stayed there for a week and I got home. And apart from my children, nobody knew I was there because I didn't have anyone to tell. So mm. it was kind of, it was a special time. It was hard, but it was all, for me, I'm a kind of, a, I, I like to be alone. So for me, it was my way of just resetting my mind, just travel mm. alone trying to figure out this world so but slow and steady i kind of got back on my feet and started to rebuild my life outside it's a, it's quite an exciting time um as well as being obviously quite frightening at times um but yeah you've uh, i remember that period of finally allowing myself to do that independent research that I'd never allowed myself to do, you know, so the, the organization is always telling you to, to make the truth your own and to do your research, you know, but you're only supposed to be reading the Watchtower yeah. Bible and Track Society books, you know, um, that's not really research. So, um, yeah. but you're afraid of everything else. Um, so I think yeah. for me, the big moment was when I allowed myself to really start to think and yeah. read other stuff. And that is very exciting, thrilling, but also quite, quite scary. It is true what you learn in Watchtower that if you start 
if you start reading apostate material and critical material, you will lose your faith. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, they're right about that. They're right about that. <laughs> That's the one thing they are right about. Yeah. But because it's like a house of cards that it's built. It's so weak that mm. if you just yeah. pick a little on one of it, it's like mm. you can start with just a basic thing like the flood. And when, yeah. and when you you realize that it's all nonsense, it's then nonsense. everything else just started co- collapsing. <laughs> yes. So things like that, and I was like, I'm an I'm a rather intelligent guy, I would say. Yeah. I, I dare yeah. to say, but how on earth could I believe this nonsense? And I, yeah. I was just so often like, Jesus, how dumb are I? <laughs> I was believing this stuff, mm, this crazy yeah. stuff. So, so it really does something to you, and you feel there's a lot of emotions. It's you mm. go through all these phases. You have this deep sorrow. It's yep. it's like sorrow for all the years you lost, the youth you lost, the opportunities, mm. the education I never got. All this is is kind of a. Suddenly, I'm 45 years old, and I'm I'm closer to the end than to the beginning, and I wasted mm-hmm. like all this time and time is something you just never get get back yeah. and i had this existential sorrow for a while my therapist used that word i remember this she said i, <laughs> I had this existential sorrow that yeah. just poured mm. out of me but uh and then you have the anger face you kind of you feel yeah. somebody has tricked me someone someone up there has to know that this is this is nonsense. There's no way they all believe this. So somebody knows what they're doing, and then you get this anger. Yeah. And uh, then you're just happy to be out and happy <laughs> to be out in the world and meet new people and have fun. And then you just. So you have all these faces. Mm. And, um, mm. But also, of course, the, it's not like you just stop being depressed overnight. It's mm. it's not that easy. You have your black dog it's always there so yeah and, and obviously the um the, the setup and we, i want to get on to the the shunning policy um because i think that's obviously an area that you're particularly um passionate about it's 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 really where you've focused your efforts with the norwegian government um but that obviously the way that the organization is set up is is to make it really difficult to leave um, yes, and that includes the shunning policy so yeah, yeah. You stay so many more years than you yeah. would have done, yeah. Or else. So tell us how you got into um, what what led you. So most most of us, um, it took me a long time to even talk about it publicly, um, and sort of want to discuss it in public. Um, obviously, it took you some time. You faded. You did things anonymously. Um, what what led you to i know you started to talk to the media about what was happening so tell us what what motivated you to do that and why you thought that was important please Jan. it was uh, i i owe it to my therapist a lot i was in okay. therapy like twice a week for two two years we talked about a lot about how to how to how to get back how to not hit back, but how to build up your own feeling of self-worth. And one of those things was to be able to talk about it just between us, between me Mm -hmm. and her and in my group sessions. But I kind of got a mental, I I could feel that this was something I I wanted to do, talk about it more. 
but uh, but mostly I was yeah the the regular the online uh, the the forums we have some Norwegian uh, groups on Facebook and then I got into started writing and reading a lot on the XJW Reddit so I was there around there for a few years I was even one of the moderators there okay. for a while and then you had got all these stories coming in <laughs> both in the forum and on direct messages. And uh, yeah, so I started getting to know people, and um, so it's just slow and steady grew. Mm-hmm. But then there was this, uh, what can I say? In my local congregation where I faded, someone close to me, there was there was a, ch- a child sexual, what do you call it, a CSA case mm-hmm. that was really bad, and and then. What I've seen at this point, I, I never heard about the Australian Royal Commission and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I started, I didn't know the problem existed. But mm-hmm. so I just, at the same time, I, I I discovered the worldwide policies and I saw it up close. How the, all the efforts, the, the, the branch office and everything did to to close this thing nobody cared about the victim it was all about closing mm-hmm. so that was my first during this case uh, i had started to talking to journalists and i wasn't directly a source in the case i just got everyone together mm-hmm. <laughs> and and brought in information and but during this process i talked a lot to the journalists um uh, so when they finally released that article, it was like 19 pages or something in a Saturday yeah. edition, and they had this whole front page, and mm-hmm. it's a huge thing. And then they released several other cases based on all that research. So during this process, I started to kind of get to know media and how it worked, and got to know several journalists, and then one of them approached me and asked if he could just follow follow my journey. Uh, didn't need a quick case. He just wanted to meet mm-hmm. me now and then. So for, I think it was like one and a half, almost two years, he just, uh, we met every other month and talked and he took some pictures and he just took mm-hmm. notes about, this was at the time when I was struggling really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at some at at uh, after all this, he released a huge article series in the regional paper where I was still anonymous, but it was a huge article, lots of pages, and it had mm-hmm. like five front pages in a week wow. just with follow-up stories. I never planned. I just thought I would be one of many small voices in okay. kind of one article, but he built the entire thing around me. Mm. But so I, I didn't plan that. But um, yeah, that was yeah. So then uh, that became a big thing. I was still anonymous, and then uh, the next yeah, I did several cases. So just kept coming uh, but and then one summer i think we're in 2019 a journalist approached me and wanted to do a big thing about uh, the refusal to vote how it's forbidden okay. to, to vote mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for uh, jehovah's witnesses um, so i was the source in that and at this point i had faded so much that i had uh, voted for the first time so mm-hmm. so i went in uh, i hid i did it 
what you call it early votes so you don't vote on election day but i did i went right. to the city hall in early and voted and took a selfie <laughs> <laughs> There's a selfie when I voted. It's a so proud first, moment, isn't it? Yeah, and that mm-hmm. selfie has been mm-hmm. been in print in four different <laughs> newspapers now, <laughs> several times. As also some of the biggest newspaper in Norway. But yeah, she built a case around that that really blew up, and that's this is the summer 2019 or the spring 2019, I think. So this is when uh, when the. Uh, that's when it started what we're still doing here regarding the funding and the registration because that started uh, a lot of legal stuff so the government um so this is at this point this is a media piece it's a, it's a story yeah. um how does it end up um how do you end up talking to the government how how does this start yeah. to become it's because of the funding system in norway norway funds okay. all religions but there are some rules uh, and there are laws to follow, but but what they do regarding voting, it's it's of course it's legal to not vote yourself to decide not to vote. It's it's no problem. But to punish people for voting, like they mm. would do if they saw me voting, they would take away my family. That is mm. a punishment for that's voter suppression, and that's illegal yeah. in most most countries. Mm. So because of that, uh, the government uh, asked the county governor, the statsförvalter, uh, yeah, the, those handling the funding were asked to consider if this was a breach of the law. Uh, this was 2019, and then Jehovah's Witnesses, in a written letter that everyone can read, uh, this is what really <laughs> started to get me off. They, they wrote in that letter that uh, it was true that anyone voting would be disfellowshipped, but that was just a technicality because uh, shunning or anything else didn't apply to family anyway. Uh, it, it didn't affect family relations at all. <laughs> so if uh, if someone if someone voted, they would ju- it was would just be announced to the congregation that. Uh, He's no longer a Jehovah's Witness, but uh, everything else would just be as normal. Hmm. All family ties and everything would be as normal. Mm-hmm. That, they wrote that from the branch office to the government. Uh, so in the first phase, the, before I even know that letter existed, the, then the, that case was kind of closed. And the, the government said, okay, well, that's not so bad. And, and they would think that because that is the way that most religions would operate. Yeah, so I guess from their perspective, they would think, well, yeah, that's just sort of normal. But yeah. obviously we know that is not the case for Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, so that was the, the, the point. That was the day I just had enough. <laughs> right. And I told the journalist, I want to do a I need to talk about this. And she she asked me, are you still going to be anonymous? And I was like, nah, I'm done with this. (laughs) So I traveled to meet her halfway from Oslo and she did a full interview with me on fraud page. I think you have that. No, it was the Void GW who had that. So at this point, I came out with my full name and picture in the national newspaper on front. And I was just talking about how they lied about the shunning. So that was kind of my final step out. Yeah. I didn't get this fellowship right away because I had no contact with the congregation, but uh, the shunning started at this point. 
That's interesting. So the witnesses took it upon themselves to to show you that that's your relatives as well. I take it. Yeah, at this point, uh, my family had figured out what I was doing because they found I I, I had some. I, I kind of started getting sloppy with the anonymity because I didn't really care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what's happened after all these years. I just. So it was kind of, if, if you wanted to figure out stuff, mm. you could find, uh, like I had a Twitter account with my, the same same username as I used on other social media because I didn't care anymore. So at this point, someone found that and uh, then my family started shunning me when they figured out I was talking critical. Thank you for listening to Cult Hackers, an indie podcast. That means we're not part of a big media organisation with huge advertising budgets and massive reach. So just by listening to this, you're supporting the little guy. The hardest thing for us is not content. We love recording episodes and talking to amazing and interesting people. Now, by far the hardest thing is getting in front of the potential millions of listeners out there with millions of podcasts scrambling for attention. And here's where you can help simply by telling people about the podcast. Just telling somebody about it can really help. You can share an episode on social media or private messaging using your app, or on some apps you can leave a rating, better still, say a few words. So please help us get cult hackers in front of more people. And now back to the podcast. I just want to say for our listeners that um, all of this is documented or, or the documents you're referring to here can be found on avoidjw.org. Um, I think most, again, most, many ex-JWs will know that website, avoidjw.org, but it can all be found there. I'll put the link on there and yeah. um, some fascinating we've, stuff. We've tried to, I worked with Jason a lot during this uh, process. So we translated all, all of the most important documents should be translated and available. And also a lot of the letters from Watchtower. And they are very interesting to read. It's very interesting to see how they totally deny mm. their own instructions. <laughs> and that was it's a quite sh- shocking. Yeah, it was it really shocking, shocking isn't to it? me. And, and I, mm. it kind of bugs me because they expect... As Jehovah's Witnesses, we took pride in standing firm, even if it was unpopular. We, mm. we, we were trained to do that in school. We had to speak out before the class. We, we had to stand up for our choices, and we took pride mm. in that. It was expected of us. Okay, we, we do some weird stuff, but that's what we do, and we're, we're proud of it. So yes. this is what we do. This is who yeah. we are. We, um, we're trained to do that, but the leaders they don't do that at all. Not they fold they're like Peter every day. They deny everything. <laughs> and yes. seeing that it was kind of shocking mm. to me because I, I always thought that the leaders would be the best people. The, the, they are the one who goes up in ranks. But like the branch offices and the legal department and the lawyers, they they deny everything. That mm. and they and when, yeah, we're kind of going ahead of time here. But when I was sitting in court and in that courtroom, I saw several circuit overseers. I saw branch people from the branch, the top people. I saw elders that I knew. I saw faithful, deep believing Jehovah's Witnesses were sitting in the hall and listening to their own people denying everything that Jehovah's Witnesses, mm. everyone in the hall knew that this was not true, what they said. But they still 
was yeah, part, part so, of the game, but for me this was crushing, totally crushing to see them. It's awful. When I was um when I was in it, so we are going back yep. twenty five years or so. Um but I remember there being the the weasel words that sort of is used in this is that um you you need to ask yourself, does the person asking the question have a right to know? Um, and if the person doesn't have a right to know, then essentially you can tell them anything. And that's not lying, um, but they don't have a need to know, so you don't need to tell them, and you can tell them something that's not true. Um, and that was the justification for that. So I guess in this case, they'll think, well, the Norwegian government don't have a right to know um, about a policy that we actually have. Yeah. And that is... is but- quite clearly in their publications and on yeah, their that, website. Yeah, that's what's so weird because they deny mm. things that are there for everyone to see. Yeah. So so what, what happened next was that we had this ball game where they sent in letters to the government and I, I through the system laws that we have that gives me the right to read those letters, I had to demand access to them, read them, and then I could write back to the government and say, this is not true, just watch this mm. and watch this and watch this. Yeah. And just yeah. two weeks ago, they released this about Shunning, who says the totally opposite of what they write in the letter. Yeah. So we had like one and a half year then when we played this funny game where they sent letters where they pretended I didn't exist, but I knew they saw my letters because the government referred to my letters back to them. And it's like they pretend that, and they don't really answer if you quote their own articles and send them to the government and the government ask them, then they pretend mm. that they don't see that question. Yeah. It's a funny game. So mm. they never did really answer directly. Mm. But cowards, really cowards. Hmm. I'm surprised. So um, at some point, um, I, I might be getting the timing wrong here, so correct me if I'm wrong, but um, uh, once you start to become known and your face is out there on the media, um, you're, you're obviously working now to refute the things that they're claiming about their policies. Um, the elders pay you a visit. So we don't need to go into that conversation in lots of detail because you had the presence of mind to hear yeah. record on your phone. So we can actually hear it and you've translated it for us if yeah, you're an English speaker. It was a, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, because at this point, what you can hear is that at this point, I have peace of mind. I have reached my, my therapy, what you call it, therapy, but my 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 ses- yeah my therapeutic sessions are done i, I i'm calm i can I, I can stand tall i can just and they they have no power over me yeah they have nothing to 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 use against me i can just stand stand tall and i can be calm and ask them questions yeah so so everything is kind of the tables have turned but what they do, I, I knew at some point they would come. So I had put a recording app on the front page of my phone because I, I right. figured at some point they will suddenly be at my door. And if that happens, I will be ready. So I, I just, I was just going out with my dog for a walk and they were just standing there <laughs> right outside my door. I don't know how long they've been standing. They've probably been standing there praying or something before yeah. they were going to Talking knock on the door so i was just and, and i just it was like like times to stand stood still and you have this calmness and you can think mm. 
It's like when you almost crash your car in a, or start yeah. sliding. It's like time stops yeah. and you, you can feel. But for like five <laughs> seconds, I figured out that I should turn around, open the door again and tell my children that I needed to talk to the people outside. And at the same time, I uh, when I was standing with my back to them, I opened my phone, started recording and put it back in my pocket. <laughs> so the entire talk is perfectly with good sound and everything. Mm-hmm. But that was the point when I got this fellowship. So they they asked me to come to a judicial committee in the Kingdom Hall to talk about my status or what I had done. And I just said to them, that's not going to happen. No. <laughs> that's not, not, not going to I don't recognize their authority mm. over me, I told them. And I quoted yeah. the elders' book uh, that if mm. you do that, you you kind of tell them that you respect your yeah. authority. I, I have no respect for your authority, I told them. So I'll never come into your legal system. But I said it with a smile and with uh, my head up. I wasn't afraid you of know, them. I just said, if, if you have something to say, then say it to me now. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. need to meet in your your church to, to and follow your court. I have to say, um, I, I listened to it yesterday um, and it, my heart started beating really fast. I, I kind of started to get real, I suppose, really emotional about it because I thought, you know, absolutely, yes, this is the conversation that I kind of have never had, actually. And part of me wants, you know, um, and I think you did that absolutely beautifully. Um, it was calm, but you you didn't let them get away with anything. Um, and yeah, the, the power had gone, you know, you could tell that you'd got hold of the, of your own sort of power and you were quite happy to stand toe to toe and, and just, um, just point out the, uh, the, the, the ridiculousness of their position. So yeah, that's fantastic. I recommend people listen to it. Also how, how small they become and that's why they want you to come to the judicial committee because they can be three people against you alone. Yeah. They have the home, home. What you call it? Adva- uh, advantage. Yeah, they and yeah. and yeah, they have the prayer, and you sit there with the yeah. literature around, and and you become this small person, and they become mm. they have. But in my hallway, in my door, they come to miss visit mm. my house. I'm not, I'm not going away from that, yeah. and they just can't turn around either because they have a task. They they are supposed as mm. the board of elders has sent them to figure out my standing so they can't just turn around and run either and, and uh, it's very interesting how they respond mm. because they they don't really have much to say and they become uh, they become really what can I say they just don't know what to say and all their no. talking points just fail because when they started I'm just like don't pull that I know all the tricks yeah. <laughs> don't pull that yeah. on me I've heard this before it just doesn't yeah. doesn't work but... it's one of the things that I uh, want to do an episode on um, not just with the elders but also the organization itself I think when when Jehovah's Witnesses leave because we've been um conditioned to believe that the world revolves around this big issue that Jehovah's Witnesses are at the center of and they are so powerful they control so much of your life that you you still have this kind of feeling that they they're important but in the reality uh, they are a fringe religious organization that zero people really pay any attention to Mm. um they're nothing they have no power other than what we give it to them even a circuit overseer 
exactly. when he's out in the world. And I met, I saw a few yeah. of them uh, when I was in the courthouse last time. And when they were walking on the outside, they were just small, scared yeah. men. Yeah, and they have no power outside. They get no respect. You can't walk into a bank and say, "I'm a circuit overseer in a small <laughs> religion," and they, I have lots of power. And people would just what? Exactly. It's nothing. And that's also why they fight so hard to keep that power because without it, they're nothing. And and even just a regular elder, they they can go up on a stage every mm. Sunday and stand there above an audience and tell them what to do but and without it uh, it's nothing it's not worth yeah. anything absolutely yeah so let's go on to the um the, the legal situation then so maybe bring us um a bit yep. up to date as well with what's what's happening um just repeating what you said earlier so this is something that isn't the case in the uk um or in a lot of countries but the norwegian government actually helps or they they contribute some funds to religious organizations um i guess just to because they see them as a a yeah. good for society now the the the, the history is that uh, we have a state church in norway that's the christian uh, what you call it protestantic church huh? and the government funds that church so they fund like uh, churches, funerals, weddings, and the, that's taxpayer money that goes to fund the church. So, so what they figured out is that because all religions are supposed to be treated equally, they yeah. take the amount of money they, they use for the state church every year and they split that up on the members of the state church. Right. And then you get a fixed amount per person. And then all other religions get that same amount per person. Right. So okay. so that's the history behind it. So so for uh, for a Jehovah's Witness, that's about a thousand pounds every year ish. Right. Uh, per, per person. Okay. Yeah. And that's a kind that's a lot of money. Yeah. For a family yeah. with of five people, that's five thousand pounds. Mm. Uh, but the, the regular Jehovah's Witness never sees any of that money. I didn't no, even know they existed. Mm. So it's like 16, 17 million crowns. That's 1.2, 1.3 million pounds every year. Uh, and you never see it in accounts. It's not like when you have the local, you know how the accounting is. And there's yeah. always too little money. And also the, co yeah. the conventions, it's always <laughs> a deficit. And you never yeah. heard about this money. No. You never see any trace of them anywhere. It's not like they say that, oh, this month we have received the governmental aid, so mm -hmm. you don't have to. Uh, they paid the contributions this month, so you don't oh, have to. Nobody says that ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I got kind of surprised, and I felt I felt like I pay taxes. I don't want my tax money to go to this. And mm. and I also discovered that for many years, all and up until I got this fellowshiped or disassociated, they still got money for me. So for like wow. four or five extra years after I stopped going to meetings, they still got paid for me because, wow. because of the shunning, because I didn't... To this fellow or disassociate, would, I still... As long as I was inside, I, I could still meet my parents and my siblings, and they got to see their grandparents. So Watchtower got paid for this spiderweb. Right. Okay. And that's the main reason they lost mm -hmm. it, because during all these letter writing and all these investigations, that's what the government concluded on, that the right 
in the law there's a section about the right to live without punishment and that's also one of the main that's a human right in the declaration you have the right you should everyone should have the you're you're supposed to be allowed to change your mind change your religion and not be punished yeah so can i just um just draw attention to to that so that the crux of the case again i'm i'm quoting here from yep. the document on avoidjw.org again the link will be available um but basically this is the these are the um points that are being challenged by the government so um there's the freedom of speech to question and criticize the religious beliefs and practices of their own religion um there's the uh freedom to of, of opinion and expression, which is part of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Um, there's the right to freedom of thought. Again, the same Declaration of Human Rights. Then there's the ECHR um, right to freedom of expression and the uh, infringement of the right to freedom of thought, conscience, and religion. Now, I find this absolutely fascinating because these are the clauses that religions will quote to ensure that they are allowed to practice yeah. but actually what we're saying is yeah but it applies to you too matey yeah and that's the that's the irony of watchtower mm. uh, every, most of us have seen the the legendary article from awake uh, about uh, is it wrong to change the religion <laughs> when they say they actually say a right that nobody should be forced to stay in the religion or, or family should be used as pressure, but it only goes one way for them. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that, it's really pathetic how they uh, and how they always the in in the media game uh, that's going on now. Watchtower wants, and they always find someone who's willing to fall for this. Is that mm-hmm. they are the ones who's they are the one fighting for freedom of religion and freedom of thought because they are different and they get punished for being different Mm. and they kind of hit some sympathy for people who don't know this story and don't know the case and don't know who's the oppressor here they Mm. they go into and they're like pretending to be like the canary bird in the mine to check to test if the society is free for all so it's kind of fascinating and it's really Mm. hard to sit in court and listen to this but, um, I was, yeah, I was yeah. going to ask you about that. What, what was that like? So, how did you spend a lot of time in court listening to all this? Uh, this we stuff? have uh, we're going a bit for it now, but we have the uh, the conclusion was that they lost the the funding, and because of that, they also lost the registra- registration in Norway because it's the same the same uh, rules that apply to get the funding and to have the be registered in the same system so they also lost their matrimonial privilege when they lost this oh. so that's three things uh, the, and that was the result of a thorough investigation and they got the right to appeal to the department of religion and everything was considered but it was concluded so so when all this happened and all options were done in the governmental system, then Watchtower sued the Norwegian government in court. Until then, it wasn't in court; it was an administrative investigation. Right. It, it's not okay. a, it's not been a police case or anything. It's the governmental, sure. the the bureaucrats that that deals with the the money funding and stuff. They considered the rules and then concluded, and then it was appealed to the 
Department of Religion. But when they lost, then the Watchtower brought the Norwegian government to court, and they okay. they they're they're saying that the Norwegian government breaches human rights by refusing those money. So so the first court session was that Watchtower demanded a temporary injunction because they lost the registration at the end of 2022. They lost the registration and the money, of course. Okay. So they went to court and demanded that a judge would give them a temporary injunction so that they keep the registration and the funding until everything is settled in court, everything is decided. Yeah. So that was the first round. So the first thing that happened, they sent in those papers the last week before the year ended in 2022. So, so a, a judge just suddenly had to look at this because it was like the last day before Christmas. <laughs> okay. They are smart, uh, not smart, sneaky. but sneaky. No. Uh, so what the judge said was that, um, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you a few weeks until everything, every party has been heard. So, yeah. so until then, it's okay. You can have it. There's no damage. It's just a few weeks or months. Mm. So. So I'll accept that, but at this point, the government's lawyers wasn't even being heard because it was just a sudden ruling. Sure. So they got that approval, and that approval was breaking news <laughs> at the website for the whole world for several weeks, and they made an article about it like it was a huge victory. Mm-hmm. And that that article is still the only thing you find on their website. <laughs> and that was just temporary until mm-hmm. a day in court could be scheduled. So we had two, two days in court. Uh, was it one, two days? Yeah. Uh, that was in March last year. Okay. And uh, at that point, I was uh, I was testifying on behalf of the state as an XJW. Uh, so we had a full day in court. I was there all day and I testified and watched other testifying. And I watched also, was sitting there and watching the closing argu- arguments from both sides. Mm-hmm. So we had this huge bench with uh, from Watchtower with the lawyers and uh, mm-hmm. hold back the branch, the Nordic... We have the branch office with Norway, Sweden, Denmark together. Okay. So, and the whole hall was filled up with faithful Jehovah's Witnesses. Lots mm-hmm. of people I knew, and they had something: circuit overseers and elders, and <laughs> all the people from the branch were sitting there. And we we were like three, four ex Jehovah's <laughs> Witnesses. So I was happy. There were a few friends of mine yeah. who joined me, and my girlfriend yeah. was there, and. My old therapist went in. That was very nice Great. of her. She she Great. came in and uh, she was there. That was and, and the journalist who followed me for those mm. years, Bjorn. Mm. He was there, but the rest of the hall was just packed up with Joe's witnesses. So, so they kind of wanted to own the room. Yeah. So it was a surreal experience, and I did testify for like an hour, cross-examined by the Watchtower lawyer. Of course, they have hired. Uh, a really well-known Norwegian worldly lawyer, an expes- expensive mm. one. So mm. when it comes to this, they, they have no, they don't save any money. They buy the best mm. lawyers and spend a lot of money. But mm. it was a strange experience, very very strange to meet them in court in that mm. way. So that was in uh, yeah, almost a year ago. And it was really surreal because the watchtower lawyer he had he had prepared and he had 
found my social media. He, he quoted my Twitter account, and he, and he even misquoted things I had uh, said on my Twitter account. He wanted to paint me as an uh, aggressive activist. So so he read some of the, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm a real calm guy. No. I've never mm. been aggressive at all. Uh, I'm not mm. really that angry either at them. I just want the <laughs> yeah. truth to be told. And yeah. I, I don't really care uh, that much. But uh, he misquoted several of my tweets. He, at one tweet, I had written that I would finally meet Watchtower on even grounds as I was um, referring to, to going into court and meet them in a mm-hmm. court of law. And he misquoted that I, I said that I would finally get even with Watchtower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we wanted them to believe that mm-hmm. that was what I was in. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even true. But luckily, I remember what I write, so I could quote <laughs> what it really said. But mm-hmm. they have no shame when it comes to stuff like this, and they will go against you. You have to be prepared. Mm. But uh, it went okay. I felt it. So we won that case totally. Uh, so they lost uh, the injection was denied, and Watchtower appealed that to the middle court in Norway, and they lost that appeal. And then they appealed that decision to the Supreme Court in Norway, but the Supreme Court just uh, denied the appeal and said there was no chance they would really win anyway. There was no grounds to even have nah. the appeal. Yeah. The, the, so that was the reason the Supreme Court just denied to look at it because there was no grounds. So it, three times they have lost this in court, but the only information you will find on their mm. website, if you Google or if you search on their website about the state in Norway, is that first temporary mm. win. That's still up there, and there's no other information. So a regular Joe's witness in like uh, Argentina who followed this, they will think that the case ended back yeah. there and they have never heard anything but it was surreal too because they even made a governing body update about it <laughs> i guess you've seen it with tony morris mm-hmm. that's the last time I, I, I don't really watch them to be no, honest i no. i i, I, can't, I was I like can't bring I, I, I just woke up one morning and i got lots of mess- <laughs> yeah. messages and they okay. were like you know what <laughs> <laughs> and then there was tony morris uh, they made an entire governing body broadcast about mm-hmm. the case in norway about uh, the stuff we were doing and i was like what <laughs> and i just suddenly realized that the whole world is kind of watching I, I didn't figure out this i just i just wanted to say what i wanted yeah. to say and i never pictured the, the governing body making a broadcast about it it was kind mm. of cool <laughs> again it's this painting this narrative of as you've already explained um, yeah you know defending um, our faith and defending our rights. Yeah, that's to, what um, they did. And in in the broadcast, German. they 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 cross what you say cross clipped it with the, the Nazi Germany, how they were appro- oppressing Jehovah's Witnesses in Norway. So they had these pictures from Oslo when the Nazis were marching through the streets, like this subtle. This is what going on in Norway again. And now it's like, and we made uh, with uh, of course. We have so many connections with Norwegian journalists now, so they they made stories about it, and uh, it got in the newspaper. And uh, Tony Morris had this pe- has in, in a double page in the middle of a Norwegian newspaper was, wow. and in this broadcast, he he kind of ruined his own lawyer statement because he declared that we will never change the shunning rule, mm. and that's kind of what the, the they were they're trying to pretend in the letter writing that. 
they have changed or they, it wasn't that bad. Okay, so uh, where are we up to then? So uh, currently, as we stand, Jehovah's Witnesses are not funded yeah. by the government. They don't receive this money. Yeah. Um, and yet there is still more to do. So I understand you've got another yes. court case. Yeah, th- this is the main court case. The first round was just uh, the, the temporary injunction. So that was kind of a... Uh, prequel to the to the main thing okay. but so for three years now they have not because the the original uh, discussion about funding was for 2021 and they lost that and then they lost 2022 and 2023 so by now we're talking yeah we're up to six million pounds so there's a lot right. of money at stake mm-hmm. so and watchtower want all of those years and they want uh, okay. the whole decision to be on old yeah. So so now in uh, Oslo in January we, there's two full weeks in court. So it's a kind of big case. Yeah. Uh, so it's the government lawyers that runs the case for the state, of course, and they uses us as witnesses. Right. So w- what's great about this is that we we as excess we have no we have no financial risk they even yeah. pay when i go in there they even pay my travel and pay my hotel and pay <laughs> the when if i have to take a day or two off from work they will pay my salary even so so and we even if we lose there's no repercussions against us it's the sure. state so, so so we can just enjoy it and uh, <laughs> yeah because there's no risk involved yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and and if they appeal then let them appeal they will probably mm. appeal everything until the mm. uh, supreme court and then to strasbourg but it's mm. fine we have time we don't care uh, <laughs> so so but yeah there's two full weeks so there will be uh, yeah the schedule is first the few two first days there will be opening arguments and then there will be two full days of jehovah's witness witnesses their witnesses wednesday and thursday this is the second week in january second week in january yeah so i'm really i can't i'm not allowed to watch that because i'm going in myself on friday sadly okay so i can't watch it but i'm really curious about the two days Mm with Jehovah's Witness. I, I'm, mm. I'm, I wonder if they will bring in like Massimo in Truing and mm. he might as well just pop up. But uh, <laughs> they, they'll probably, what they did in the injunction case was to have Jehovah's Witnesses in that they had uh, one witness that had been disfellowshipped and then could tell the court how the disfellowship helped them get their life back together and how it was a good arrangement. So that's typical one of the things. And then they will have like faithful people talking about how good life is. Uh, and that's, and then they'll probably find some way to deny the shunning, find someone with that has been disfellowshipped and talk about how they, it was good for them. That's their mm. approach. Yeah. Okay. And then Friday and Monday, that's our turn. Then there will be state's witness and, and it's really going to be a great great uh, bunch it's uh, the first witness will be Rolf Furuli I'm not sure if you've heard of him he was a really no, really prominent Jehovah's Witness for for decades he was a district okay. overseer a circuit overseer uh-huh. and he's been uh, writing uh, or part he, he was the only scholar uh, that was defending 607 
Uh, I'm not sure how much you've looked at yeah, that. Yeah, I think now that rings yeah. a bell. Yeah. So when okay. Kyle Erik yeah, yeah. Jensen mm. wrote his book uh, Gentle Times Reconsidered, his several yeah. chapters aimed at Rolf Furley. Right. So, but uh, Rolf Furley, at some point, uh, three four years ago, he just disagreed with the governing body about several mm. issues because he's like an old school Joe's witness that really believes yeah. like the. The Frederick France and uh, yeah, the old days yeah, with the deep, deep Bible studies. So yeah. at at some point, yeah. he just felt that it's all been dumbed down too much and too many it rules, has, hasn't it? Yeah. Mm, so mm. he started to writing the governing body and tried to get someone to listen, but uh, nobody would listen, of course. <laughs> so in the end, it's not he, a two way conversation yeah. you have with the governing. In body, the end, he, he published a book. <laughs> he published a big a book called My Beloved Religion, and uh, he got this fellowship for it, of course, <laughs> because yeah, he criticizes the governing body. But uh, mm. he will testify in court. He's done a few media cases, and it's yeah. uh, it's really interesting because he's been part of the system all day, and he's mm. still a firm believer. He still believes that. That kind of Jehovah's Witnesses 1979 was the truth, <laughs> kind of sure. <laughs> the yeah. one true yeah. religion. So, mm. so, so he still <laughs> believes in most of the doctrine, and he still prays to Jehovah. And uh, but mm. he goes up against them. So it will be really interesting to hear what he has to say. And uh, I will testify. But mostly, we have a long list of uh, female young excess mm. uh, that will tell all kinds of stories. So it will be. Mm. Really strong. I think we have, I know about six, seven, eight different female that will tell their story about how they were shunned and how life has been. But mostly stories about shunning and family, lost family. And uh, it will be really hard because Joe's Witnesses kind of their argument has been that it was just one or two or just a few mm. voices, a few yeah. bad eggs, uh, disgruntled mm. former members. Is kind of disgruntled. That's yeah. the word they love to use. Yeah. yeah. So mm. uh, yeah. So it oh, will be two two full weeks in January. And that, that sounds that's very exciting um, and nerve wracking as well. I guess um, I know as you say you've got time and. Um, it, it, nothing stops, but um, still, um, we want the right result there. I, I get so just um, uh, sort of closing the loop. Then the uh, I guess the shunning on its own stands on its own as a problematic practice, and we can see the uh, contraventions of of individuals' human rights that are interfered with because of that. Um, but all of this sort of stems from. Um, the fact that people are shunned if they vote or if they do other things that are, you know, um, their civic responsibility, essentially. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of that that started the whole process. And, and it's obviously now shunning is is the weapon that they use to enforce that that rule. Yeah. And That's I think it's it's just a matter of time before they have to new light it because this yeah. it happens in so many countries now and it's not mm. going to go away. Uh, the yeah. time works against us and we have this social mm. media the stories come out the journalists love to make stories about this because it yeah. really hits people and they want to read about it and uh, it's not just going to go away it's not going to mm. turn and I, I'm pretty sure that at some point they will figure out like they do with a lot of other stuff mm. at the moment like yeah. beards and everything that 
beards Why? and time yeah. counting time. So something is happening. Yeah. And I think mm. if something is happening, they'll never admit that it was because we no. pressured them. But it, I, I'm confident that uh, it, it helps to to do stuff like this because it makes them think and just sitting there in court and listening to our stories i could sit for one hour and tell my story with inside a hall filled with jehovah's witnesses and just mm, that in itself yes. you would never be allowed to brilliant. do that in, yeah, in any sure. other way and i can sit there calmly i can say yeah. nice things i said lots of nice things about my mm. thing as i liked I'm, i wasn't mm. particularly angry i just and uh, and I just hope that when they see, why would they shun people like me? We could be friends. I could just move yeah. on with my life, and they could do that. Mm. And we, if mm. if the, it wasn't for shunning, I could, I could go to. I, I I'd love to just spend a half day at a convention one day, uh, and just yeah. uh, just for the memory's sake, and just yeah. uh, meet my friends. friends. I wouldn't have made yeah. any trouble. Yeah. I don't care what they believe. Just believe what you want. Uh, I don't yeah. believe it, but feel free to believe it. If it wasn't for the shunning, I, I wouldn't have done anything yeah. about this. I mean, I think that is at the heart of it. Um, yeah. It may have been you that, that has said this um, in writing, but it is that, that if you get rid of that, um, then actually the whole organization changes its yeah. nature because it they, but that's why they don't want to do it because they yeah. no longer have the power yeah. over the rank and file. So I think, I think that you're absolutely right. I'm sure it was you that, that wrote this somewhere. Oh, and be. it is that, that, yeah. that makes the difference. It is because without the shunning, all the other stuff falls because yeah. if you don't have any punishment, you, if, if they didn't have the shunning, they could have the blood doctrine, but without any judicial process it would be up to each individual you could say that i don't believe in blood transfusions but i decide to to like you would do with other stuff i decide mm. to save my life with this now and then i'll pray about it later yeah, uh, yeah. like you do with the other small things and and same with the sexual stuff and mm. it would be okay we don't believe in sex outside of marriage but what you do is up to you, really, and between mm. you and your God, kind of like Jesus <laughs> told it should be. But uh, that's yeah. not a story. But without the shunning, <laughs> the rules mm. would start bending and flowing yeah. because yeah. they wouldn't have any punishment, mm. except, of course, God killing everyone in Armageddon. But well, that's right. But that, if they believe that, yeah. then that's up to them. But, um, yeah. but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think that's why they're so... Um, that that's the dilemma. They're on this the horns of a dilemma here, really. Yeah. Yeah, um, and we've we've um, sort of done an hour, which is yeah. is as much as I I normally um, expect yeah, of my guests. So it really does. It's been so yeah. really interesting. Um, I, I suppose the last thing I want to say to you is, you know, thanks for for this hard work that you're doing. Um, I think all of the ex JW community is is rooting for you. Um, lots of different countries are. I suppose in the UK, it's the charity status of these sorts of organisations. So while while they don't get direct funds, they do get tax breaks, which is as good as, essentially. So um, I think that's the area that I know many activists are are trying to um, aim their uh, or, or target their efforts is, um, you know, how, how come these groups that actually don't do any real good to the community are charities and therefore they don't have to pay any taxes. Mm. Um, they have volunteer labor, they build 
um, properties and so on. And so, so I think, you know, it's not exactly the same situation, but those are similar um, sorts of situations. So um, I, I think that's, that's the way to go. Uh, nobody wants to ban. Uh, well, I'm sure some Not people do, but I certainly don't want to ban Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. or stop them worshiping. And that's kind of annoying in court uh, mm. that they, 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 even in court, they keep comparing it to Russia, pretending. Yeah. And they use uh, the court decisions from the European Court of Human Rights regarding Russia in the Norwegian case, even if it's totally it's different. Relevant. Of course, if yeah. if it was talking about punishing and uh, jailing mm. Jehovah's Witnesses in Norway, I would be fighting with them against them. Absolutely. Of course, it's absolutely. just about money. Jan, yeah, thank you so much for coming yeah, on on Cult nice. Hackers. It's been yeah. absolutely fantastic talking to you. Thank you very much, and um, yeah, I'll thank you for having me on the on the show notes. You're yeah. absolutely welcome. Thank you, Jan.